0: This is the 20th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guy Batteries, Pro, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline.
1: BTL, coming at you!
0: Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. A uh, little bit of a different show this morning, I think it's the first time I've done this in the two years in a month that I have uh, been solo on Bass Talk Live. It's a QA and a show. We do it with Uncle Frank all the time on Thursdays, where you just type in your questions and then uh, Uncle Frank answers them. And I do get a lot of uh, emails and questions from time to time from uh, listeners and viewers, most of which I'm fairly good about getting back to, but uh, was working on the show this week and we actually have a uh, a very busy week of shows. Brian new tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. Uh, he's running a quad box up front, folks, which is <laughs> four 12-inch screens, but I'm not sure if he's happy. Anyway, Brian New requested to come on BTL to talk, so we'll talk to Brian New uh, tomorrow and then Thursday, day four with Frank Scalish, and then Thursday night at 7 p.m., uh, Miles Bergov, I talked about yesterday. If, you've, if you're if on social media, follow Miles Bergov at all. You know his 10-month-old daughter uh, was diagnosed with cancer. They are currently in Memphis now uh, at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, the main facility, uh, and she's getting treatment today uh so we're gonna have a a a benefit show for the Berghoff family on thursday night 7 p.m central time Uh, i do have some emails i did have an email a a gentleman who builds rods wanted to give a couple rods away uh for the fundraiser so i need to get back to those to to him and then uh friday guide day uh returns like i said i'm trying to do a lot of guide days here at the start and then uh and then it'll be a every other week feature, but uh captain Florentino, Matt Florentino's dad uh, and Matt Florentino was just on BTL. He, he does all the, a lot of the media for AFCO, but his dad is a legendary uh, calico bass angler out in Southern California. I believe out of orange County. Hey, I wanted to do a, a, a little bit of a different, uh, a different thing, but they, they traditionally bass fish for him, like swim baits on jig heads, uh, spinner baits, punching kelp beds, jigging spoons, like all sorts of cool stuff, uh, to catch these calico bass. And, uh, and he's a captain, he guides, you can hire him to go out and catch calico bass. So, uh, what I did, uh, last night was I posted on the Instagram. It was the first time I'd ever done it. It was like an, ask me a question and I've got probably about a hundred responses here. Uh, with some really good questions for today's show. So we'll go through that. Also, if you have a question uh, on the instant feedback on YouTube, go ahead and uh, throw those questions in there, and then I will uh, work my way through them. Uh, I did want to kick off the show. Uh, It is 2024. Uh, Some sponsor changes, some sponsor additions. One of the ones uh, that was an unexpected addition for 2024, but was really a result of the crappie show that I did with uh, Zeke Anderson towards, uh, I think we did that in 2023. Uh, And there were some of the anglers, uh, quite a few of the anglers that were on the BPT that were running this at Toledo Bend this past week. Now I did not see any of the Bassmaster open anglers, uh, with them on their boats at Okeechobee, this isn't really a accessory that, uh, is beneficial for at all for Okeechobee, but, uh, BTL proud to partner with, uh, power brakes, better boat control, more fish catches. And I am headed up to, I think they're in Sepulpa oklahoma tomorrow to get the power brakes installed got a little one minute uh advertisement they are new with btl for 2024 and then uh and then we can have a discussion about technology so uh here's here's basically what uh what power brakes are in
1: 2023 we became a household name in the crappie fishing world thanks to power brakes the game changer
0: hey bass fishing world buckle up (laughs) because you're next it's
1: gonna be fun Welcome to the next evolution of our product line, Power Brakes Sidekick, designed to install right on your shallow water anchors. We are the first and only fishing brake company to offer a breakaway system. Just like with the game changer, the Power Brakes Sidekick has it as well. And it's not a matter of if you're gonna need it, it's
0: when. Power Brakes, the most durable fishing brakes available on the market today.
1: Made right here in the USA with our rock solid two year warranty. Hey, not all fishing brakes are built equally. And you owe it to yourself to find out why ours are different. Power Break
0: Sidekick. Order yours today at mypowerbreaks.com. You'll be glad you did. So there you go. If you remember when we had uh, Zeke on, he was talking about how everyone in the crappie world had these. They're they're if you're listening on uh, on iTunes, Spotify, any of those platforms, think of uh, trolling motor. Think of trolling motors off of your power poles. But you have basically a power pull stop button up front to where if you are going forward while uh, while in deep water and want to stop, say you see something on your forward-facing sonar on your live scope that you want to fish without without blowing out the area. You hit this, the power brakes, which are on the back of the boat 28 feet away, go stop your boat in place. Uh, you will see a lot of the elite series anglers with these on the boat. I believe that this will just be a standard accessory by the end of the year. Just like we're seeing a lot more of the beat down mounts, the adjustable mounts that, uh, that are being raised. So anyway, that's the power brakes. Jody white. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he says, heck yeah. Love breaks. We need more stuff on boats. I agree. Uh, there is a, I think there has to be a limit of how much stuff you can put on the boats, but these shockingly, They're around two grand or less and very easy to take on and take off, minimal battery draw, and I I see a huge upside. I've talked to numerous guys who who have claimed that they are catching more fish that they see with the uh power brakes because like I said, they're not washing that fish off. They can they can stay on that fish with their with their trolling motor. So Uh, all right, let's get to some of the questions and we will, uh, we'll get through this. Like I said, on my Instagram, which is just at Matt Pangrack, I posted it last night. A lot of good questions came in, uh, and we'll just start at the top, uh, with the no info rule, were you allowed to watch the Toyotas on Okeechobee, uh, allowed to, so, a lot of the uh, information when it comes to informational and what, what he's referring to is the fact that the Toyota series took place the week before the Bassmaster open on Lake Okeechobee. So he basically got a really good idea of what was going to go down and where uh, there was no live coverage for that Toyota series event. And also uh, there's basically just a daily story and some photos. So not, Anything that is was public information, which it was out on the uh, major league fishing uh, website, as far as like the daily wrap up stories, uh, photographs, all that that's public information, the way that I, you know, you can look at it. You can watch it. You can't call up any of the guys who fished the Toyota series or ask them where they did or find anything that wasn't public information. But yeah, uh, I think that's why a lot, of, some of the areas had a lot of boats in them was because the, the final day of the Toyota series was the first day of practice for the Bassmaster open. So I think that uh, some of those areas got kind of uh, exposed or, or blown out. But like I said, it was a lot of uh, a lot of community stuff there, but A lot of public information, so you had a lot of knowledge. I personally didn't even practice on that Saturday, so I wasn't on the water to see where the Toyota guys were and then uh, was driving most of the time. But did I I peek at the uh, Major League Fishing website? Absolutely. Could I tell based on any photo that I saw where they were? No, because I'd never been to Okeechobee, Uh, never fished a tournament on Okeechobee before. So Uh, the next one is Bass Pro Shop sponsors both MLF and BASS. What would it take for them to do an all-star tournament? Uh, That's a really good question, and uh, that is something uh, we've seen Toyota get behind with the uh, TTBC, the Toyota Texas Bass Classic that existed, I want to say the mid-2010s, up until Bass kind of took it over and turned it into the Toyota uh, Texas Fest, where they brought all three of the organizations with the top 15 anglers together, the uh, PAA, the defunct PAA the defunct F- FLW tour and the top uh, 15 of the Bassmaster Elite Series. I would just venture to say uh, that if if Bass Pro Shops could find a way to make that lucrative for Bass Pro Shops, that that would happen. Uh, I-, I think that would have to be a-, a money deal, and it would also have to be where the organizations both agree to it. Right now, the way it stands... Uh, I think you would almost have to force Those organizations to agree to it Just as far as the, the vibe that I get Is they're not in a great Position to work together Uh, But that could change in the future But yes, Bass Pro Shops is probably one of the few Entities that could uh, Initiate Kind of like a merger tournament Between uh, MLF and the bass uh, uh MLF and the bassmaster elite series uh what do you think the next big thing will be to try to overtake the popularity of forward facing sonar man a lot of forward facing sonar questions in here and and I'll work through them and try to get uh try to get some other other questions in on forward facing sonar and then we'll go to the uh youtube questions but This is a tough question to answer because before the forward-facing sonar, we had no way of knowing that it would be forward-facing sonar. Like, I think it's the accessories like power brakes, like uh, like perspective mode. I think the thing that's overtaking forward-facing sonar are the accessories and the additions to forward-facing sonar that we're seeing. That's it. Uh, Let's go back to the questions then here. On, yeah, uh, sad news this morning. Woke up Toby Keith, big uh, OU fan. More Oklahoma has a big uh, water towel, tower on the top of it uh, that says, you know, More Oklahoma, home of Toby Keith. He went to a lot of the club hockey games that I played in back in the day at OU. Uh, also, uh, owner, I think he was a part owner of uh, Lucky Strike Lures recently purchase that so sad day for country music for oklahoma for everyone toby keith uh passing away all right this is where you need a uh, this is where you need uh an intern drunkwood yes i've seen that what are your thoughts of the new japanese bass that resembles <laughs> truck nuts hey they've made the heavy poop and the TRD and all that stuff are the the those heavy dense plastic baits work so I'm not uh I'm not ruling ruling anything out uh here's a question from Tyler Beal. is everyone running the lvs 34 and forward and perspective or their lvs 62 in perspective mode so uh I was just talking with scott at the bass tank about this the lvs 62 is not talked about a lot publicly it's it is a much larger it's about three times the size of the lvs 34 which is the garmin forward facing sonar transducer the 34 is what replaced the 32 which was the original transducer it allows it a little bit more clarity in that a little bit more distance a little bit more dimension and a little bit different angle it's just easier to determine what you're looking at the 62 is uh what some people call the saltwater transducer i don't know if it's actually designed for uh saltwater or not but what it has is an upwards of 250 to 300 foot beam so what we were seeing on uh great lakes and smallmouth fisheries like thousand islands and lake st clair last year were anglers who were using the 62 in coordination with the 34 so they were scoping out uh in in forward originally with the 62 and then high bypassing it while keeping their transducer on that fish until they could pick it up with the 34 and then range it in and catch a fish that way so instead of having basically uh uh, let's say 120 foot radius with the 34 that that's actually you're up to 300 foot radius, which is a uh, hundred yards, 300 feet, I believe is a hundred yards. So in any direction you turn the trolling motor, you can tell if there's a smallmouth within a hundred yards. What we're seeing now though, is that uh perspective mode, which is what Scott Martin showed so much of on the live Uh, at Okeechobee in this past open used in coordination with the forward-facing sonar now the 34 in perspective ranges out 40 to 60 foot really is pretty much the max uh, for that perspective but you use the 62 in perspective and you can range out really far so now you've got a pie slice beam that's 60 to 60 degrees that you can pan towards the fish. And then you have your forward facing sonar beam to where when you see the fish, you can then pan to, we see the fish on, on perspective or the structure on perspective, then you can pinpoint it with the forward. So, uh, Tyler, I hope that kind of, uh, that kind of answers your question as far as how those guys are doing it. And listen, this is not an exact science. You got a bunch of guys that are doing a bunch of different stuff right now. And what I'm interested in is, will this continue to evolve or will there be limitations put on it next year? I think uh, my gut reaction, based on who I've talked to, there will be either a number of transducer limitations, the type you can have. There's going to be something done, uh, at least on the Bassmaster Elite Series in 2025. I think this is the year that we will look back on and say, Holy cow, that was the wild west of electronics and the forward facing sonar. And I think it's going to kind of revert back to something that is more manageable. Because listen, I have not been a fan. I have, I have, I have not been a fan of limiting anything in the past. And I am now especially after what I've seen over the past several months, I think it needs to be looked at very heavily. I don't know what the right answer is. If I knew what the right answer was, I would I would definitely say it, but um, at least for, for some tournament competition. And listen, I'm sponsored by the Bass Tank, which is an electronics company, which, I mean, heck, if they you could put... There are guys that are running seven 12-inch graphs on their boat this year. Seven. I have seen the picture. I don't think I can share the picture because it was kind of sent just amongst guys. And they only have three up front. Three up front in a a tri-box, and then four, it literally looks like a curved cockpit of an aircraft. And that's because they're running six transducers it's it's interesting to see what they'll end up doing uh what they'll end up doing on this all right james with the good question he said uh where can we listen to all the episodes of btl other than youtube i began listening to day four thunco frank got to episode 62 but the last hundred btl episodes were removed i am working uh with uh the the uh, Podomatic and the podcast platforms that I'm on to try to make, to get more than just a hundred episodes up on that. Uh, I will let you guys know what I'm able to find. Otherwise you can just go on YouTube. Uh, you can actually download it from uh, YouTube and watch them that way. But um, as far as, as far as that, I'm, I'm not really sure. How to how to do that? I have an email into him. So, all right. Uh, what's the latest on the no forward facing sonar tourney that the dude with the big bucks was trying to put together? All right, I talked to this individual. I can't remember his name. He was talking about it. Uh, Luke Duncan was talking about it on BTO when I had Luke on uh, last month, and he was at the Bassmaster Open. I think it's on Lake Lanier, so it's a spotted bass tournament, and. Uh, they are running one of these with a uh, with a high end entry fee, high end payout, hundred uh, percent payback, I believe, and no forward facing sonar and no practice on a spotted bass lake. Uh, if any of you guys remember what the name of that one was, let me know. But th- I think that would be a good. This will be a good uh, litmus test to see if the no forward facing sonar tournaments take off along that. There was a question on the Instagram also about if bass limits or MLF limits or restricts, uh, forward facing sonar regulations ahead going into 2025. Do you think that trickles down to the club and regional level? Absolutely. I think, uh, I think for the most part, what we have seen, you know, outside of like the off limits and stuff, but the general rules, uh, Translate down to The local the club the regional levels Obviously uh, That kind of depends On what organization and what but I mean If you're a bass sanctioned event if you're an MLF Sanctioned event for the most Part uh, you follow those Rules because there are steps to get to That top level so I think if it is limited At the top uh, Or whatever rules they Place at the top will trickle down to uh, The bass nation will trickle down to uh the regional uh, along that line I did mention the bass nation we're just starting to kick off something very interesting which uh Hank Weldon worked on really hard which is a total revamp of the bass nation system the qualifying process uh back when it started and for those just like a little brief history of the bass nation so there were i believe either five or six uh regions and you would qualify through your uh club to be and this was generally how it worked each state did it a little bit differently which is which is wherein lies the problem because you had certain states that did it crazy ways and you had certain states that did it you know, through a bunch of tournaments, some guys had it one tournament and they took the top eight, but as a whole and qualified in the top, uh, the top 10 of your club or the top eight of your club. And then you would get to go to the state and then each state did it differently, but they took 10 anglers from that state, uh, who would go to the, Regional, and there were five different regionals. You'd compete against thirteen other states, and then if you were the top finishing angler from your state at that regional, you went to the Bass Nation National Championship. Now, at the Bass Nation National Championship, there would be uh, five divisions, and there would be, I think, uh, obviously ten anglers in each division. But there were some international anglers. I think Canada was in, Mexico was in. There was roughly roughly ten anglers in each division. At the national championship. Now, the winner of that would go to the Bassmaster Elite Series, but each division winner. So you could finish 15th in the tournament, but if you were the top of the northern division, you went to the Bassmaster Classic. And that's how they ended up with the Federation Anglers in the Bassmaster Classic. Now they tweaked that to where uh if you they they did away basically with the regions. This was they did that in like 2015, 2014, 15. Where if you f- went to the national championship, you qualified through it the same one angler from each state. But if you finish in the top three, you went to the Bassmaster Classic, and the winner still went to the uh to the Bassmaster Elite Series. That's what it's been. That's what it was this past year. Now what is going to uh, starting in 2024 is <clears throat> you can still make your state team, but there's no there's no like Oklahoma state team or Missouri state team, basically by finishing in the top of your state, based on how many anglers competed in your state, you get uh, an invite or a number of spots directly to the national championship. So there are no uh, state regionals. There's really no, uh, State team so to speak there is but those guys are guaranteed to go to the regional the rest of it is open so what bass did was I believe they have four open regionals you pay an entry fee there's 250 boats in or 200 plus boats in each one. And and the top like 20% in that regional, then go straight to the national championship. So instead of getting one angler from each state out of the regional to go to the national championship, that's 50 to 60 boats. You now have a national championship that takes like the top 20% of each of the regionals uh, that are easier to get into that have a higher entry fee. You're not on a state team there. And, then they go to the national championship. So this year's national championship uh, will be a 250 boat tournament, but the winner will still go to the Bassmaster Elite Series and the top three anglers will still go to the Bassmaster Classic. So more difficult to make the Bassmaster Classic through the Bass Nation but easier to get to the tournament where you have an opportunity. So that's what they did. They're trying to kind of standardize it, uh, trying to standardize the process and make it more fair for everyone. All right, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, more questions from the listeners, from the viewers. It's BTL on a Tuesday, February 6th. We'll be back right after this
1: the new puma sts has been redesigned from the ground up with the angler design function and performance in mind nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship jaguar this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance, the Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name.
2: Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the deep dive app today. Look at that
0: beast right there.
2: My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com.
0: Uh, welcome back, BTL, on a Tuesday Q&A session. Uh, getting caught up on what's going on here. All right, a couple more questions here. Uh, Don wants to know, what is it like to have all the ex-BPT guys jump in the opens and take away from your potential spot on the elites? Do you feel they should be allowed to go from the top levels to the qualifiers? Uh, Keyword there is Bassmaster opens. Open open for anybody until... So, okay, here's, here's my opinion on this. I believe that we are approaching, we are not there yet, but we are approaching a situation where you have Enough top level anglers with accomplishments with Angler of the Years, with Bassmaster Lead Series, with BPT wins, to where there is a legitimate need for a middle professional tiered trail that is between 75 and 100 boats. That straddles the Bassmaster Opens and the Bassmaster Elite Series. And it's a softer landing spot for the Elite Series anglers that are dropped. And it is an easier way to make a living for the top open anglers and anglers and accomplished anglers from other organizations coming over to try to qualify for the Elite Series. Uh, Remember, there's a handful of elites uh, of opens guys this year. They've never fished the elite series. They weren't part of the group that that bailed on the elite series and went to MLF and are now trying to get back in. Uh, you got guys like Cody Meyer and stuff and and uh Dakota Ebear and a handful of those anglers who are leading the security. You know, Cody Ebear made a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars over the last two years. Cody Meyer, one of the most successful uh flw anglers in history and they're coming over so do i think that those talks are going on behind the scenes as far as a a professional league that straddles the opens which is kind of the wild wild west where anybody who has two thousand dollars can sign up and fish them and the elite series which is uh, extremely exclusive incredibly hard to get into Uh, yeah, I think we're seeing kind of for the first time, especially the last couple years, with the anglers and the interest in the open EQs. We got 155 guys that are shelling out uh eighteen thousand dollars in entry fees and roughly thirty five forty thousand dollars to fish all nine of these things. And if you finish in the top forty five, and then you know they it's two two hundred dollars more for entry fees, but you know, you're still not making much money. I think the last place check was three thousand like nine hundred and ninety dollars uh, in this deal. So that's my thought on that. Uh Steve V, what do I need to know going to the classic for the first time? Uh you're probably gonna pay a lot for parking, and everything's pretty much free. I mean, there's really not much to know. You just need to make sure what is important to you. Uh, especially with grand going to the classic, is it the expo and the weigh-in or is it grand lake and the takeoff? It's about an hour and about an hour from up a little bit over an hour from uh, grand lake to where they take off in Wolf Creek. So if you are staying in Tulsa, uh, around the expo and where the weigh-in is That's awesome Like You can go do that stuff and not have to travel But if you want to go watch the weigh-in If you have a boat that you want to put on the water Just know that you'll be driving uh, Two hours every day So your options are either stay in Tulsa for that Or split the difference If you really want to be on the water And follow what's going on on the tournament And not just the festivities That would be my uh, my biggest part Or stay in Grove On Grand And then just drive in one or two days, uh, to take in the expo or the way in. I, I would say, uh, I would say you could do the expo in one day. It just depends on how crowded it is. And if you're look, just want to experience it, or if you really want to get in depth and look at everything and all the booze and buy stuff and talk with people and, you know, meet the bill dances and jimmy houston's and wait in line for all that then i would do the expo uh for two days maybe one day with the tackle and walking around and maybe one one day to meet all the big time uh fishing celebrities uh dustin grant what's up with all the guys who have long time sponsors uh, he mentioned a couple things. He said, "I saw Mark Rose didn't have striking this boat. Fritz doesn't have Berkeley. Connell isn't with Guggen. That's just the nature of the industry. Uh, BTL has had some sponsor changes, some sponsor additions. Uh, that happens individually. Most of these guys, all of these guys, are independent contractors, uh, and they work with independent companies." and sometimes that lasts for 20 years and sometimes that lasts for two years but people change and things change and that's the way it's always been and i think that's the way it always will be so uh i don't i don't think it's a bad thing i just think that it uh that it's just times change so uh let's see yeah, Nick said, finally, <laughs> ah, there is no BTL booth, uh, but I will be and uh, a number of different booths, AFCO, uh, Denali, Sunline, uh, we'll be at the ProGuide Battery booth at the Classic, and then also uh, we'll be with Frank uh, on both, I think, Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Saturday, uh, we'll be at the... Bass tank booth, some of the time, and then primarily at the uh lure net uh, the lure net booth. So, Frank is bringing uh, and lure net is bringing Pradco is bringing a hundred of the color number sevens right there, uh, to give away and to have Frank Scalish sign. So, that might be something that you want to uh, that you want to get there early for, yes, and. Rich Lindgren, Uh while he doesn't like a top on his hats, he does like comfortable shoes. So definitely bring comfortable shoes if you're going to a classic. Let's see what else do we have here. Uh... Scott says, hard enough to get money now, especially with the decreased viewers. No one wants to watch as much as they did. I... So uh, people say that, but then you look at the stats and stats-wise, uh, the viewership was up on the Bassmaster Elite Series this year, even with the forward-facing sonar, even with the Northern Swing. So people are still watching uh, the Bassmaster EQs. All right, let's go back to the Instagram questions. Uh, should current Elite Series pros be allowed to fish the Open's EQs? Right now, the way it stands I have no problem with it. It is the Bassmaster Opens, even though it is a qualifying uh, league. Their points for the Bassmaster Elite Series, like Scott Martin, did not hurt any of the Bassmaster EQs in points. Tucker Smith is leading the points after one event with 199. The way it is, you're only fishing nine events on the Bassmaster Elite Series. I have no issue with the top-level pros like a Scott Martin, uh, like a Brian New. Like a Drew Benton dropping down uh, or and fishing the Bassmaster Opens. I think it's good for competition. I think it draws more eyes onto the Bassmaster Opens. Um, And I think that it is an open tournament. So anybody who is in good standing should be allowed to compete in it. Now, like I said, if we go to one of those where there is like a middle level, professional tournament with like a three or $3,500 entry fee, then yeah, no, that should be exclusive just to those anglers uh, that are trying to qualify. But for the opens, come on, come and get it. Uh, will one bass, which is Western outdoor news and bass partnership eventually produce a Bassmaster master classic champion? That's a good question because one bass just had their first of five uh, tournaments. I think it was on Shasta. It rained for five days. I talked to Kurt Dove. He said it literally rained for five days straight, especially during the tournament. It was one on Spotted Bass. But their Angler of the Year goes straight to the Bass Nation National Championship, one a 250. So there is a path from the West Coast to the Bass Master Classic now. Uh, statistically, very unlikely knowing the caliber of angler that will probably qualify from the west coast and as long as they keep the classic in in march which typically means that you are uh that you're in a cold water scenario like we are on grand like we have been on hartwell where you're talking uh finesse tactics light line to rigging uh drop shotting that type of stuff plays which Traditionally plays into the strengths of West Coast Anglers. Would not surprise me if one of those West Coast anglers comes out of one bass, goes to the Bass Nation National Championship, makes the classic through the Bass Nation National Championship, and then uh and then wins the classic. Wouldn't surprise me. But that path that I just mentioned, you gotta have a lot of stuff go right for that to happen. Like that is a hard road to hoe uh will you ever bring in a permanent co-host to replace mark uh not right now i have no no plans on the permanent co-host uh there was a lot of talk when btl you know first started just because it was it was me and mark but when i first took it over i feel like it took a little bit to find it but i enjoy having uh different guests on uh every day we kind of do try to do the repeating guests uh obviously uh, there was a question about when are you going to have Ken Duke back on? We're definitely going to have Ken Duke back on, but Ken Duke is become a, a uh, he's a podcaster now too, with the Bass After Dark show that he does with the Big Bass podcast. He's also doing a bunch of other stuff podcast wise. So uh, I, Ken is a busy, busy man now, but we will have uh, Ken Duke back on. But yeah, right now, uh, no plans for a permanent co-host who is the best co-angler of all time and why i think you'd have to go i don't know there there, it would have to be someone over at uh at flw and you'd have to talk to one of those flw vets to figure out who the best co-angler of all time was i mean brian new was pretty dang we'll ask brian new tomorrow when we have brian new on he would know 100 percent um he would know 100% who the best co-angler of all time is. As a new angler, how do I begin to learn how to break down a lake? Man, there's a lot of good YouTube videos from a lot of good pros uh, on how to break down a lake. Frank has actually done several day fours on this. Uh, you can just Google that up in or search that up in YouTube. Uh, but I'm probably not the guy to talk about how to break down a new lake. What, what I do when I typically get on a new lake... If it's a and it depends on whether it's a natural lake, a man made lake, depends on whether it has spotted bass, smallmouth, largemouth bass. But for a man-made lake with decent water clarity and uh, multiple species or even just largemouth, I typically the first day will put in closest to the dam because there always seems to be a population of big fish down by the dam. Even though it's hard, I will find the first major creek off of uh, adjacent to the dam. And then I will find the first man-made structure that has a vertical and horizontal cover meeting, which is often a dock. Sometimes it's a break wall, a seawall, a marina, and I will target that. For me, that has worked as far as catching limits of fish, as far as finding keeper fish, as far as locating the bait and figuring out what type of depth the bait is in that system day in and day out, like put in, you get good water clarity. You can see what the water clarity is like as you go in. You know you're around fish, a population of fish, where the bait fish live, and then where the horizontal and vertical structure meet allows A for safety and B for ambush for the fish. So there's uh, that's typically I found a lot of success that. And then based on the depth, that shallow it is, then I'll continue to work my way uh, up lake. But that's how I begin to break it down. There's a bunch of other ways that you can look at uh, maps and seasonal patterns. Or you can just get live scope now and not worry about breaking down the lake and just put the trolling motor down and go until you see him, which seems to be uh, pretty popular right now. Um if forward fa- these are a lot of forward facing sonar questions. If forward facing sonar stays for major circuits, what would you change to improve the viewership experience? Mm. That's a that's a tough question. Uh definitely viewing i think the mpfl is doing this really well uh definitely viewing the screen uh with the angler but i think i don't know that's a tough question because i i i also understand you don't want to see a guy looking there sitting down maybe a uh maybe a, a graph cam where it's actually looking up so every time the guy looks down he knows that he knows that he's getting that angle of camera looking up i don't know that's a that's a tough question right there um, what is the minimum amount of money you need to have saved to jump into the opens that also depends on where you live uh across the country we had julius Mazie on guide day you know he was trying to do it from arizona he's on the road for weeks and weeks at a time because he's 30 hours away from it. If you live in a, a central hub, like in Alabama, I would even say Oklahoma, although we have to go out to South Carolina twice and Florida once this year. Uh, I, I give it about uh, four, about four to $4,500 per tournament with the new $2,000 entry fee. Um, and that includes uh, the gas, the lodging, It also depends on practice. Are you running out of tank or are you going to take out and put in a different ramps? How many days are you going to practice? How many guys are you going to room with? I'm rooming with four guys uh, this year. So my housing for the first two has been right at $300 each. It cost me uh, $600 to and from uh, in gas. I spent roughly a a quarter tank of gas each day of practice at Florida, but that'll change on Washita because I'm moving. Uh, We all... Shared food, so we had zero outside food expenses. It was just like uh, Sam's and Costco stuff. And then I bought a case of water, and I stopped at Bucky's and bought snacks. I was about, uh, I was at, for Florida. I was, uh, I was right about forty five hundred to five thousand in. Now Washita will be about a thousand dollars less because it's only four and a half hours from the house. So I would say uh, at minimum, you know, if you're you're willing to do bare bones, stay with a bunch of guys asleep in your truck not run a ton of gas i would say uh and you're in a central location i'd say thirty thousand dollars minimum minimum and that's like and that's kind of not not having any of the uh any of the creature comforts uh do the opens conduct polygraphs absolutely yes hank uh said that they conducted polygraphs last year. Uh, They talk about uh, the polygraphs that they conduct in the open EQs uh, and how many were administered and what went on in the uh, weekly emails. He said there will be more polygraphing this year, more random polygraphing this year for the open anglers, which I think is a good thing. Uh, So yes, the opens are definitely, uh, definitely polygraphed into uh definitely polygraphed all right let's go back to this one here's an idea from pd said since each angler has a uh, gopro going you should be able to click on your favorite angler and watch him live and then be able to switch whatever you want i agree they actually tried this a number of years ago on the elite series to where you could kind of pick which angler was live streaming uh at the time they just didn't have like a good enough signal but you've seen what major league fishing has done with the power pack on the back of their boat that kind of bands all of the Wi-Fi signals together. So it would be interesting. Uh, it would be interesting to do that. Here's a question. Bobby said, you would think Marty would show up on a podcast, obviously talking about, uh, Marty stone. Listen, I reached out to Marty stone. Marty stone has been a longtime supporter of, uh, BTL. He actually did, a. A, uh, in the house, which was a crib style deal with Mark Jeffries back in the day. They're good friends. Marty has always been uh, extremely uh, kind and gone out of his way uh, with me. When I heard that he was no longer with MLF, I reached out. Marty said at that time he was not, uh, not interested in doing any podcast, but said he would reach out and let me know if that time came. Uh, that he would jump on BTL. So just kind of respecting that for Marty Stone. I I did think that was an odd deal after so many years uh, with the organization. I thought he did a really good job also uh, in the MLF uh, commentator. Listen, that is not an easy job, uh, not an easy job to do at all. So, all right, let me get another group of questions together. We're gonna take our final break of the show. Uh, When we come back, we'll wrap up this Q&A session of BTL. All right, BTL on a Tuesday, we'll be back right after this. The Spro
2: Little John Crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why is coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got sparkle shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you want to give them a little different look, that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success, in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is going to handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out.
0: Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronics setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. All right, welcome back. Final segment here of BTL on a Tuesday. Rest of the week, Brian New tomorrow. Frank Scalish on Thursday, special edition, Miles Burgoff and Burgoff family fundraiser, 7 p.m. Thursday night, Central Time. And then Friday, Guide Day. And then we're headed to uh, Lake Washita for the second Bassmaster Open EQ of. 2024 all right let's get back to a couple more uh questions he says here with btl being our favorite podcast what podcast do you enjoy listening to uh this is a good one i do not listen to very many podcasts at all uh i will listen to any of the big podcasts if there's something crazy listen it's no secret that controversy gets clicks and i try uh i try to mix current events on btl and stay away from the controversy while letting the guest tell their story, and then letting you guys and the listeners determine what you think about that. Um, I I will listen to some Mercer. I'll listen to some Luke Duncan, and I'll listen to some of uh, Zal Dangerous, uh, the Bilge podcast. I also will sprinkle in some of the smaller podcasts. There's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really good quality fishing content out there. Uh, and I'll find myself uh, listening to, and I'm not even going to start naming all of them because I know I'm going to leave some of them out, but as a whole, like on, on the way to Florida, I listen to two podcasts. The rest is music and talking on the phone. Uh, so not a huge uh, podcast guy myself. Uh, I've, you know, obviously you listen to the uh, Joe Rogan every now and then uh, things like that. Oh, bass. Yeah, I'll listen to a little bit of the uh, uh, bass after dark. Uh, like I said, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff out there uh, that I listen to. But as a whole, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um I just kinda kinda do my own thing um, on BTL. Hey, why uh has Chad Pipkins never been on BTL? A smallmouth OG? I'm pretty sure we've had Chad on BTL. We'll definitely get uh Chad on BTL again, especially uh, as we get uh, closer to that. Elite Series season, should the Opens move to a 150 or 100 boat cap? Listen, I think if that happens, you're talking about an entirely different tour that is in between, like I talked about before, that is in between the Elite Series and the Bassmaster Opens. I think that would be and uh, that would be awesome. For that to happen it just is a matter of financial sense right now bass uh is filling the fields in the opens and guaranteeing that 150 guys are signed up for twenty thousand dollars to fish all nine they've got tv coverage uh nine days on fs1 so things are rolling uh can you explain your Demiki rig setup in detail my standard Demiki rig setup and i i fish on uh table rock a lot and i've caught them around here i'm not a Demeke rig wizard by any means. I'm proficient with it. I have confidence in it. But you watch what uh like a Drew Gill or Jacob Wheeler, or what uh Michael Neal, what some of these guys are doing with the Demicky is really impressive. Um mine is pretty basic. I'll go uh seven pound test sunline shooter on the leader, uh 10 pound uh SX1 braid now i'm i'm working with a number of different braids right now i actually talked to justin mcclellan there's like three different uh sunline braids there's a overwatch that is metered, kind of metered braid that makes it easier to see uh and then there's also some sinking braid that i'm going to work with at washita but then i go anywhere from i would say my standard would be a uh, either a quarter or three eighths ounce and i use the pro swimmer head uh from big bite and then i just like take one of the they has got like two metal prongs on it and i break one of those off because it tends to tear the plastic up and then just a uh four inch shad style bait and if i want to I, I mean i actually really like the actual dameki uh the dameki shad that they use and then most of the time when i'm catching them on it i'm i'm pitching pitching the bait out to it uh i'm not very confident and haven't had a lot of success with like the strolling or the moping, like uh, like Gussy does. Uh, it's more of a cast out at a twitch, and you're you're putting that bait on the fish's nose, and then you're hopping it, and you're making that fish uh, react. It would be yeah, the the Damiki armor shad, and it would be it's it's more of a reaction thing than being like oh here he comes, here he comes. So typically I pitch it past, let it spiral fall, and that's kind of deter- how I determine the bait. So that's that's my damiki rig setup um all right a couple more questions here and then we will uh wrap things up has the barrier to entry for bass fishing gotten too expensive i think i don't think that the barrier to the entry of bass fishing has gotten too expensive i think that uh the perception of what you need to compete at a high level has gotten too expensive. I think there's a perception that you can't compete without the technology. Uh, John Cox has proven that that is a hundred percent not true, but fishing is such a mental game and there's so much in between the, the ears when it comes to success that I think to compete at a high level, there's a lot of guys who think that they have to have certain stuff. I'm not saying it doesn't make it easier, but I'm not saying you can't do it without it. But I think the entry to bass fishing at the highest level has become incredibly expensive. Now has it become too expensive? That depends on who you ask. And also if you get into any other sport, especially when you start having sponsorship, especially when you start talking with big dollars of, yeah, like it's expensive as hell to get into NASCAR and uh, racing engines cost a lot of money. And if you want to get into competitive sailing or anything else like that, the higher you get, the more expensive it's going to be uh, to compete. So, uh, Do you use smaller baits when fishing pressured areas and fish? Uh, I'm a big believer in downsizing baits i downsize a lot more than i uh upsize there's some guys who go swim baits or some guys who go down like i remember on neely henry i caught him really good on a 0.5 instead of i just downsize my crankbait but uh yeah i i mean i'll go if it's if i'm not getting bit on a six inch worm i'll go down to a four and a half inch worm so yeah I'm, i'm more apt to downsize uh, in pressured areas now in florida which was the absolute most pressured i stuck with just normal stuff because everyone around me was blasting them so uh will uh these are some of the good ones will mlf and bass ever have a merger similar to what's happening in golf i think so i think it's inevitable i don't think uh And I'm not saying whether that's good or bad for the sport. Actually, I think competition is good for the sport. There's so much good that has happened in professional bass fishing since 2018 with the introduction of Major League Fishing and specifically the Bass Pro Tour. That being said, I, I also think that especially what's happened over the last two or three years, the writing is on the wall to where... Uh, I think a merger eventually, unless something unforeseen happens, a merger eventually is what is going to happen. Now, what I think that will do is that will strengthen the NPFL, which is still around, which will be around, because you're going to have a lot of guys uh, without homes when this happens. So then you will still have multiple organizations. Who knows what the landscape will look like to – 3 4 years from now but i think you will always have multiple organizations uh but i i would be surprised if there isn't some sort of uh live golf pga tour like a mlf bass merger uh within within the next We'll just say decade. Uh, here's Gabe. Gabe says, "Matter are you still throwing some of the flat side balsa cranks like the black label balsa? Uh, yes, I do throw uh, the black label balsa. I actually talked with Cliff Pace. I think he did that. They've done like a soft plastic lineup now. Uh, and that black label, like the flat sided foiled black label balsa is like 15, 16 bucks. You go through about one a week if you're really chunking it around rip rap, but one of my um one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things uh to throw on that. All right. Uh <clears throat> most under <laughs> that's a good one. Uh most underrated snack from Bucky's as I'm wearing my you're using my uh my Bucky's uh mug right here obviously Bucky's has uh a lot of brisket uh a lot of beef jerky God this is gonna I can't believe I'm gonna say this but I am so they have a uh they have a jumbo sausage at Bucky's and it is a sausage on a stick and it is wrapped in a tortilla and then they wrap that in saran wrap and then they stick it in their uh brisket section and you'll see it it looks like a oh well, it looks like what it is which is a sausage on a stick wrapped in a tortilla it's probably about a foot long that is my uh <laughs> that is my, <laughs> that is my favorite bucky snack uh i also like uh the other thing from bucky's that you guys need to get if you ever go to bucky's is the uh wax melts go into like the home decor section And they they have like really, really good wax melt. So if you're into that, all right, we are an hour into today's show. And I think we're going to, uh, we're going to end it on the old Bucky's question. So thank you for sending them in. If you guys like that, let me know. Uh, like I said, I did it on my Instagram, uh, where I just, uh, just said, Hey, ask me a question. And then I took some questions from the comments as well. So. Thank you for jumping on. We are back to regularly scheduled programming tomorrow with the one and only Brian New. Who knows what he's going to say? He was, uh, he was, his mind was blown at what went down in Florida. That's why I said. That's why he called me. He's like, dude, I want to get on and talk about this. I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what he's going to do. And then after the show, uh, tomorrow I am headed, uh, up towards Tulsa to put power breaks on the Bass Cat, and then head to Lake Washita for the second Bassmaster Open EQ. All right, that's all we got for today's show. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow. See ya.